Hey, y'all. Today on the show, I am sitting down with Derek Huff. Derek Huff is a multi-talented entertainer and a New York Times bestselling author. From 2007 to 2016, Derek was a professional dancer on Dancing with the Stars, winning a show record-breaking six times with his celebrity partners. He received nine nominations for Primetime Emmy Awards, four outstanding choreography, and won the award twice. Today in the episode, Derek is sharing his top five favorite dances. And as always with these episodes, we start out talking about something specific like dancing and end up talking about Enneagram numbers and therapy and evolving as humans. And it was such a fun conversation. I know you're going to enjoy it as much as I did. As always, if you like this episode, be sure and take a screenshot and share on social media. Tag me, tag my new friend Derek, and let us know what you thought. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is your Faves Faves. This is a big reveal. What are you going to talk about today? The top five things, I guess I was going to, since I'm, I'm a dancer, I was going to talk about my five favorite dances. Great. My, Perfect. My top five dances. I think because because for me, they, they reflect sort of different parts of myself too, so. Absolutely. Now I'm curious, will you put these in order or is this just a grab bag? Like you're going to just give me five or you're going to say from least favorite to most favorite? It will be, it will be uh, uh, more of a grab bag, I suppose. Okay, because, great. Okay, perfect. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Give me your first dance. Like what's the, what's one from your list? And that's the thing. The reason why it's not in an order is because it, it changes. You know what I mean? It will, it will change okay. depending on how I'm feeling and how, what kind of music I'm working with or, or what kind of mood I'm in. So I guess first one, I'm going to start with the dance that I actually didn't learn until later in my dance career, which was Argentine tango. Okay. The Argentine tango, I, you know, I grew up competing around the world, the world champion, all these different, you know, uh, styles, which were cha-cha, samba, rumba, pasta doble, jive, waltz, foxtrot, beanies waltz, just standard tango, and quick step. And so there's 10 dances there. But I never learned like salsa, Argentine tango, nothing like that. So when I started learning, some, you know, I was on Dance with the Stars and they're like, all right, we're going to do Argentine tango this, this week. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that dance. I had no idea. I've okay, been- wait, let me ask, because I've always been curious. Please, if this is the dumbest question, please do not judge me. Yeah. Do you, as the instructor, do you choreograph that dance and teach your partner? Do you yes. do it all or is someone else choreographed? Okay, so you just got the word. You got to do this dance that you actually don't know how to do, let alone choreograph. Okay, great. Yes. Awesome. Yes. And everything I've done, I've done, I've choreographed myself. And it's, you know, you're just there, you know, trying to figure it out and certain things. And I'm like, okay, so I go home, I go to my apartment, you know, I live in the small apartment here in Los Angeles um, when I was first on the show. And, and thank goodness for YouTube, the wonderful world of the University of YouTube. Yes. <laughs> I was like, okay, how to dance Argentine tango? And so I'm literally in my, you know, apartment, basically like teaching myself, pausing, playing, like trying to look at the legs, trying to figure out how to do it. 
going back, I'm like, wait, what foot is she on? Okay, then I have to reverse it and then learn the girl's part. And so I can teach it. So I basically uh, teach myself, I mean, you know, watching videos, go in, learn it. And then of course, get other lessons from other people, from actual like, you know, people who've dedicated their lives to the style. Anyways, it's what it's become one of my favorite dances to do, and I and I love doing it. It's such a go-to because also I love the music, I love the strings, and just the drama of it all, and just the power and like the there's just so many things about it that I just I don't know the colors because when I hear music I see color, and so when mm. I when I hear like like that sort of uh, Buenos Aires like the, the Argentine music, it just um I, I don't know it just puts me in a place of just like of strength and like, I just, I don't know. It just feels amazing. So, so that's a dance I love. What's the color? What's the I color mean, of that music to you? The, the colors are, I mean, it's quite, they're quite vivid, like reds, you know, like blacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not side color, but like just the shade, the, the shadowing, you know, sometimes even a purple will pop in uh, depending on the music, whatever it might be. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I love that dance. It's such a great dance, such a fun one. And uh, yeah. Uh, so my limited knowledge of just having watched, you know, dancing shows is that each of those dances have their own unique style. And then a judge is looking for, oh, you did this thing, but that's actually the tango. And with this tango, you need to like have your foot turned to the right or what is that right. sort of what you were learning when you were watching YouTube? Yeah. I mean, there's, for instance, like the type of dance I was learning, it was very, it's very structured. It's very like, you know, not rigid, but it's very, um, set if you will like this doesn't move and the rest of everything below you moves and you move across the floor and there's traveling argentine tango is more about like it's the leg swipes it's the ganchos it's all these different you know techniques and things and it's more the the embrace which is like a smaller frame up top but just i was mesmerized by the footwork and the intricacies and the entanglement of you know these two people coming together and it was it's such a joy to learn and then to to do yeah, and it's ever evolving, right? You never stop learning, especially, I mean, anything that you do. But for me, learning a new style was just like opened up the floodgates of wanting to learn more styles and new things. And, yeah, you know, and this is after I was, a, you know, world champion, you know, in Latin right. ballroom dancing and stuff and accomplished all these things. And, and it's refreshing to go, wow, I, I'm just beginning. You know, I'm just starting my journey of learning new, new styles. So it was, uh, it was awesome. What was it like for you when you started doing Dancing with the Stars, you know, because you as a professional dancer competing since you were a little kid, you were working with other professional dancers. So what was the process for you working with people who sometimes had knowledge and other times don't know what they're doing? Like, what has that felt for you, like being a teacher in that way? Oh, well, so being a competitive dancer, right, you're focusing on yourself, right? You're just you're training to be. Like you are trying to be better and, and grow and, and compete. And that's all you're thinking about. It's very selfish, actually. You know, you're just like, just obsessed with your progress. And so all of a sudden being a teacher and especially somebody who really has no idea what they're doing, you quickly learn about just one, communicating, finding ways, to, different ways to teach and to articulate but really getting outside of yourself, you know what I mean? And, and focusing on somebody else. That was such a priceless gift that I got from that experience on that show was one, learning how to choreograph. Because when people even said like, yeah, hey, you're a great choreographer. I'm like, what? I'm not a choreographer. Like I never considered myself 
I never even thought of myself in that, in that sort of way, but also to just teaching somebody, you know, and differently because each person I had was like this, you know, woman was an actress. This woman was a singer. This woman was a mm-hmm. uh, Paralympian, all different backgrounds and all different ways to reach them. And so it taught me a lot about, and I would do experiments, you know, we were talking about Tony Robbins earlier. I would listen to yeah. something on the driving into work, you know, driving in to teach them. I'm like, Hmm, that's a really good method about, you know, the power of association between like pain and pleasure, for instance. I'm going to try that today on my partner and see if it works. We would start dancing and we'd get to a part where she would keep messing up. And usually, you know, there's a, there's a feeling of like frustration or like, oh, dang. But when we get to that part, even if, even if we messed up, I would like celebrate and I would like attach a positive association to this, this step. Yeah. And even if she messed up, I was like, that was awesome. Good job. Amazing. You know, and just keep reinforcing. <laughs> so all of a sudden this part that became like her nightmare <laughs> became her favorite part. You know what I mean? Only because we just kept associating something positive to it. So yeah, it's, it's uh that whole process was very different for me and had to let learn to let go of perfection too, because it never felt right. Because the, the technique and like the connections that you have, you build, you know, you build that for years with a partner, mm. very small intricacies. And so you can never really truly accomplish that feeling with somebody they're dancing with just for a few weeks. So it taught me a lot about like letting go of, of things not being just right or perfect. I just allowing them to unfold and, and to really find the joy in just their experience and, and seeing them, the light go on and the confidence build and the, there's their whole posture change and everything. It was, uh, it was amazing. I loved it. Okay. No, like true, like no BS. Yes. Let's say it's your first day. You're meeting a, a new, like it, it was a partner that you were going to have what's the thing that you're looking for that you know is going to make the biggest difference in whether or not this person is able to progress or grow or learn? Or I'm certain that in your career of dance, you've encountered people that you're like, oh, this is probably not going to work out well because, and what I'm asking for is sort of the mindset here. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, it can vary. It's, it's very, I'm trying to think of somebody that it can go two ways, right? It's there's one, you know, somebody who might be difficult to teach, for instance, one is somebody who is obviously petrified or, or, you know, mm. of, um, and doesn't really believe that they can do it. So they're constantly questioning and doubting themselves and putting themselves down. There's also the other side where it's like, yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know. Yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know. And so they, they, they don't want to truly receive they want to protect mm. they want to protect themselves and and so but fortunately fortunately if i ever encountered something like that i was i would i would catch that i'd be aware of that and i would be almost like excited about it like okay cool this is a fun challenge to break down this protective barrier they're putting up or creating because they don't want to be fully exposed and so that's what a lot of the conversations, a lot of the experiences, even and a lot of them not shown on TV were just that they were all mindsets. They were all yeah. experiences of Kelly Pickler, for instance, being just her nerves would get the better of her, you know, when we get to showtime. And so I had to figure out like, okay, how do we, cause she was in practice, she would be amazing. I'm like, wow, if people saw what you're doing in practice, like this is going to be so good. And then we get to dress rehearsal and then I'm like, Oh no, what happened? What happened? <laughs> And, yeah. and figuring out, you know, learning something with her where I'm like, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to fake it. We're going to fake our confidence. We're going to fake our excitement. We're going to mm-hmm. fake the whole thing. 
And I would just get her up and she's like, I'm so nervous. I'm like, all right, just change the word to excited. Change that. Just say, yes. I'm excited. I'm excited. Oh God, I'm excited. You know? And, and before you know it, we're laughing, we're joking around. And then she goes out there and she crushes it. And yeah. So it's, it's finding the little things, those little moments that uh, are those breakthrough moments that, that you can really make the difference in their experience, not just their dancing ability, but they're like their mindset. Absolutely. Oh, so good. Okay. I went off on a tangent as per usual. What is your second favorite dance? My second favorite dance, I would say, I would say jive. Jive. Okay. And I think jive is, uh, it's funny. So when you compete in ballroom Latin dancing, you know, if you're, you know, you do cha-cha, you do samba, rumba, paso doble, and jive is the last And is dance. that where you're like, kicking a lot that's a yeah. terrible description but that's what I see in my head you got okay. it <laughs> lots of kicks lots of flicks and it's really okay. just like pure stamina right and especially when you're competing because you've just done four full dances you're exhausted and also it's like and now do the jive where it's just like bam so that's just like a in the competition world like the, the surviving dance you know what I mean if you could <laughs> if you could keep going man then you know you're doing great but it's for me it's just so much fun and it's again it's the music I love the big band like you know the horns just that the fast-paced music it's very it matches my sort of personality a lot you know especially mm-hmm. when I look back at my younger my younger times at my younger times and <laughs> <laughs> it would just juice me up it would just get me going and just um yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's fast, it's quick, it's exhausting, but it's a blast. It's a blast. Uh, I mean, also the energy required to be able to get through the four dances before that and then finish with something that so, takes so much endurance. What has it been like over the course of your life to figure out how to sort of live your life in a way to have the energy required to be the dancer that you want to be? Well, I think it's interesting because when I competed, I had zero knowledge of really the body, which is crazy. Wow. You know, you just go in there, you rehearse, you train, you understand your mechanics of like when you're learning to dance, but I had no idea about recovery or longevity, you know, taking care of my body. So it lasts longer. Um, Mm -hmm. The things I ate, stretching exercise, things like that. It was crazy you know, I'm on such a high level of dancing when I'm competing. Yeah. I have zero idea about the the importance of all these things. So really later in my life, as I'm getting older, as my body starts to go like, Oh, that takes a little longer to warm up and to have that energy, you know, sustainable energy, you start really learning a lot more about the body and about the fuel and about the, just the, um, the rituals that are going to maintain this body and, and get it better. So for instance, for me now, like when I go on the tour, I'll do 60 cities and I'm on stage for two hours, yeah. nonstop. Yeah. My, my breaks are like, I'm like, did a full dance. I finished lights go dark. The music starts playing. I go off. I change my, my shirt, take a drink of water. And I, I'm back on stage into the next dance. And and my greatest fear that kind of is a, a positive fear is I don't want to, I want to put on the best show possible every single night. And the only way I can do that is if I'm in perfect, you know, great health and I'm in great shape. Mm-hmm. And so that fear is enough for me to do the ice baths every single night. Oh. I got, oh. I have, during COVID, I got an ice, an ice bath no. machine. That's my nightmare. Oh. I feel like I can do everything but that. I hate cold water. It's not great. It's not the best. It's feeling. so good for you, though. It is. It's so good for you. It's a it's a good feeling after the fact, but during it is it's the worst. 
it's the worst. It's never enjoyable. It never gets better. You're just like, this just sucks. But the part that's enjoyable is waking up the next morning and being like, my legs feel brand new. This feels right, amazing. And right. that's, that's enough. That's enough for me to be like, all right, I can, I'll endure this for 10 minutes. <laughs> wow. What has it been like for you inside of COVID and not having the ability to perform after a lifetime of performance? You know, it, it was, it was good, honestly, to a point where for me, I'm such like a, what's next? What's the next thing? What's the next project? Let's do this. Let's make this happen. Let's go here. Let's go on tour. Let's do the show. And I think that's great. I think it's, I'm, I'm glad I have that in me, that, that drive in me. However, this was a good time for me to, and permission to be like, stop, take mm-hmm. a second. You know, you're, you're not dependent on these things. And, you know, and, and I think growing up, and I mentioned this before when I've talked to people and things, and, you know, growing up, I always really believed that success equaled love. Achievement equaled love. Do you know your Enneagram number? Uh, yeah, three. Are you three? <laughs> Same. I was yes. like, oh yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got you. Oh, oh is my- this how I get attention to perform? Okay, great. But and by the way, those lyrics just like just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, have you heard that song? Wait, which one? Oh my gosh, I'm gonna blow your mind right now. I'm gonna blow your mind. So there's a gentleman. His name is Ryan, and he has a band or a group called, or I think it's just himself. It's called Sleeping at Last. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, please please look this up after this conversation. I will. Sleeping gonna, at Last. I'm getting a post-it. Okay. What he, and what he does is he's written a song for each Enneagram. Each Enneagram? Oh, he's written okay. a song yes. for each Enneagram, and it's literally just tears. Okay. Like, like okay. tears. You, you, and especially if you're a three, you, know, you listen to it, and you're like, how did you get inside my brain, <laughs> my heart? How did you know? <laughs> um what is your what is your girlfriend what's her number nine. Oh, that's a nice combo that's a nine. nice combo yeah. I'm always curious about people's partners and like how they match together and I even do this with like important like business partners in my life like my agent is an eight and I'm a three and like I know how those things work together because I just knowledge is power and I'm like okay I see what you're doing mm-hmm. you're getting frustrated <laughs> here's how I'm gonna show up <laughs> wild um, I love it so you are three. I again went off on yeah. a wild tangent, but you sort of grew up believing like, okay, yeah. I've got to perform and this is who I am. And then you find yourself in this experience where suddenly that thing that you're supposed to do and your identity is wrapped up in it is removed, which is what a lot of us experienced last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that earlier, early on, I think for me, I've, I've gone through uh, that sort of transition, right? Where you go, okay, my identity isn't isn't you know what I do it's just who I am right and right but you go through that time where you're thinking like I don't think who I am is enough I don't think me just Mm -hmm. you know is uh somebody said it this way they said like listen if you're standing in the field with absolutely nothing no possessions nothing like just naked in a field that you're enough you know you always have been and you always will be and I was Mm -hmm. like that sounds crazy to me (laughs) because that wasn't my sort of conditioning that wasn't my my uh format or my blueprint or anything it was uh so really working through that understanding no it's just who i who i am and who i become right is 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 what's Mm -hmm. important not about what i do but when i when you realize that when you sort of go off that basis it's such a stronger platform to do more and to do better and and more sustainable fuel you know whereas for me i was like 
love me, please, you know? Right, right. <laughs> you know, instead of being like, oh, it's okay. Like, I don't need to do this in order to be loved or to feel loved. Mm-hmm. And, and it's super, super empowering. But what was interesting about this year for me was it turned on a little bit of a, a, some other creative sides of me, you know, where I would do like art projects and I would take the time to just draw or garden, you know, go outside and nurture plants and nurture things. Cause usually I'm on the go all the time. I'm on tour. I'm doing this. So now I'm like, Oh, I can actually watch this plant grow. <laughs> it's like crazy. But really? I, I got so into it. I was like, Oh my God, this thing is just blossom. <laughs> I think it's so, so exciting about nurturing this little plant. And I'm like, who would have thought you know, I'd be so into this. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I think that it sounds like maybe you're three wing four. Does that feel accurate? Do you know Possibly. your wing? I don't know yeah. my wing. I'm not sure about my wing. Okay. But. okay. Well, so usually people can figure it out just so you can only be the number before or after you. So the two is the helper and the four is the individualist, like the creative, the artist, the whatever. And so I think that what 2020 did for so many of us who were threes, if you're a three, four, was it allowed us to lean more heavily into the creative piece and sort of step outside of that achiever mentality, mm. which was so beautiful because I definitely went through that first month where I was like, what am mm. I doing? And then slowed down and had some of the most creative energy that I've had in my adult life because I was working at a slower pace, which I never would have told you was kind of the answer. So I love yeah. sort of hearing what other people do with that. So we've talked about the Argentinian tango or the Argentine tango. Argentine, Argentine, Argentine. Right. Tangerine. That that thing. (laughs) Right. The jive. Yeah. What is your third favorite dance? Um, Paso doble. Paso doble. Is this the one where like he's the bullfighter and she's the cape? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. uh uh Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's, um, yeah, that dance is, uh. I, I love that dance. One, again, I go back to the music first and foremost, because the music is very, just got that Spanish flair. It's very sort of powerful and strong. But again, it goes back into this, this tapping into this, this strength, you know what I mean? Because even right. like the, the style is very, um, it's all about shapes and twists and turns and create and using the space around you and really like, and when I mean yeah, using it, like I'm really like bringing in a space into everything I do and the way you move your body. And I, there's something about it that, it's super, it's so funny when, when I talk about, when people talk about, hey, isn't dancing for girls? And, you know, growing up, like I was bullied for being a dancer, you know what I mean? When I was going to school, when I went to school in Utah and, and there's, there was always like this association that I kept hearing, you know what I mean? About dancing. And I was like, I don't understand that. It's so weird because when I feel, when I dance, I feel so connected. I feel so unbelievably present. And Pasa Doble mm-hmm. for me is that one because it's very strong, very sturdy. And you're on your feet. There's just you're just like, yeah, it's awesome. It's it's a great yeah. feeling. And and I know like when <laughs> I don't know, I suppose whenever I've sort of gotten a compliment from like my girlfriend or something like where it's like, oh, I liked watching you do that, you know. <laughs> it's it's usually when it's like, you know, like a, a paso or something like that, where it's just in that sort of masculine energy. And yeah. uh I, I love it. It's good, it's a great, great dance, and it just the shapes and it just gives you a different feeling, you know? Um, and I, I will say this as well. It's quite interesting. I actually, depending on what kind of style I'm going to dance that day or choreograph or create, or I wear a different type of cologne that puts me in. Okay. Into, that's rad. 
So it's like in a different set, like senses, right? So if I, if I'm going to go, okay, I'm working on an Argentine tango today, I literally go through and I'll smell certain things that I have in my drawer. And I'm like, okay, this one feels like I'll, this one feels Argentine tango. I'm going to wear this today. So now my, I smell sort of like the dance in a way, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. I, I, I think of it as like, so I do a lot of work, like I speak on stages a lot and time very much like what you would see at a Tony thing, but imagine a bunch of women and that holding that kind of space. And I'm sure it's the same for you when you're on tour. I think if I'm cognizant of holding space for that many people, I, I would be overwhelmed. And so without sort of like, I, not that it's disingenuous or inauthentic, but I'm definitely putting on a bit of a persona to step into that energy. Right. Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. I never thought about sense, but that's a freaking genius idea. I would think too, and tell me if I'm wrong about that dance, because obviously you're the expert here, but I always think of that one, not that there's so many other, uh, the tango and different things are very passionate, but I always think of, is it Paso Doble? Is that Paso, how you say it? Yeah. Pa Paso, Paso Doble. Doble uh -huh, uh -huh. Is, there's almost like anger in that one. I always feel like the passion is like, there's tension between those dancers, even as they're sort of working together, which is what makes it so interesting to watch. And I don't even know that this was the style they were doing, but it always makes you think of, have you seen Moulin Rouge, the movie? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, you know, you know, the scene where they're dancing to Roxanne, yeah. sort of the remix of Roxanne, like that, like there's passion and there's anger and they're, yeah. but they sort of are revolving in each other's energy which is so cool to watch yeah and I think, i'm just proud that i knew what dance you were talking about you're like was by I the was way like, i got one it's interesting because i i i don't know where it was but it's funny because you mentioned the word anger right and for so long i was always the mediator the hey let's like understand like let's listen to this or like or you know if it, like trauma would happen to me as a kid you know there's like i look back and i'm like wow that's that's legit. That's legit. That's not good. That's bad. Those are bad yeah. things. Yeah. But I go immediately to understanding, compassion, all these different things. And, and I've been doing a lot of work on that, you know, my life and realizing that anger is a necessary emotion and an, an okay emotion. It's, it's actually healthy. It's good, obviously, to in a, in a real way to feel it, but not to let it sort of overcome you and stuff. So for me, I've never really experienced, I never really would get angry, right? So I think that that's why that these dances, I really love them is almost like permission not to get angry, but to, to take on the physicality of what that tension, that feeling mm -hmm. was. And it's like, it was like liberating. It was almost like, oh, I can be this, I can be this and not, it's not going to hurt anybody or I'm not going to say anything or whatever it might be. Yeah. But by the, and then also too realizing that later on, you know, the anger is actually, it's a great, it's, it's a, it can be a very, very healthy emotion and lead to a lot of healing and a lot of a lot of repair you know we talk about like the pendulum right of emotion and it's mm -hmm. like I kind of was like living in this place of like and this side is good and this side's the negative emotions you know like anger sadness whatever it might be and this is like happy joy you know laughter and I would kind of like and the pendulum swings like this equal on both sides so if I'm only allowing myself to feel this much anger or sad whatever it is then I'm only gonna be able to swing this much into the good as well so I kind of live in this like yeah. very shallow swing Whereas if I allow myself to fully feel, like feel it, then mm -hmm. I'm going to allow myself to feel the, the best and the, you know, the joyous, the full pendulum of emotion, if you will. And, and it hasn't honestly till been like recently to really, truly acknowledge these, this side, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, That's but, so good. and dancing has always been my way 
unconsciously to really feel and emote those things in a way. And that's why I'd always feel more like so in myself and, and connected to myself, I should say, um, in those moments. That's so cool. What are we on? Our fourth dance? Fourth, yeah. <laughs> okay, fourth dance. Fourth dance. What is it? It would be, I think, tap dancing. Okay. Okay. Tap. That was uh, that was out of left field. I was not expecting that. Uh, you yeah. tap? You're a tapper? Yeah, I'm a you you tapper? <laughs> what's the, what's the, the term yeah, for that? Tap, yeah, tap. tap yeah, you're uh, a tap dancer. Okay. Tap 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 tap. Tap tapperoo. <laughs> the tapperoo. Wait, what's that from? Happy Gilmore. Yeah, just tap it in. Exactly. Tap, yeah, just tap, tap it in. You know, that's again, that's a dance that I wasn't necessarily trained in vigorously like all the other dances. That was something that I, I did a little bit here and there, kind of touched on. And then only later, I was like, man, I I kind of re-fell in love with just the classics, you know, like watching Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire and, and being like, man, I want to do that. Reaching out to friends and to experts and amazing, amazing dance, tap dancers who have been showing me and teaching me and have been opening me up to a, another realm of dance. But what's interesting is that before I danced, my first artistic like endeavor was a drummer. I played drums. So wow. I played drums in a Beach Boys tribute band when I was like seven years old. I'll go to county fairs and then I was like, and I'm like over there playing drums. And then I'd get was up. everyone in the band a child or you were doing I, drums for grown men no no yeah they were like teenagers I was definitely the youngest. okay okay I was definitely okay. the youngest but they were like teenagers like a like a 15 year old or a 14 year old so we were like a kid's beach boys tribute band <laughs> nice nice and just that understanding percussion and mm. rhythm I think helped me enter into dance because I was like oh I understand this I understand counts I understand rhythms and stuff so now later in life, I'm like, wow, I can make these rhythms and these sounds with my feet, you know, and it's, it's so, it's so excruciating because when you don't do it, you're like, you want to just, you're just like, I can't, oh, that wasn't the right sound. But when you get it, oh my gosh, it's the, it's the sweetest feeling in the world. You're like, oh, every sound was so crisp and I just nailed it <laughs> and it feels so good in my body. And that's kind of my next sort of endeavor looking back at just the classics and the the greats and I uh, wanting to recreate those moments and and actually I did it one time with uh in you know singing in the rain right the the, the movie uh-huh. yeah so there's this dance called Moses Supposes and it's with uh, Donald Connor and Gene Kelly and it's such it's such a great dance so entertaining so energetic so athletic too and and one day I was like I want to learn this I'm gonna learn this so I spent a bunch of time breaking it down, learning it, having my friends, you know, show me. And what was so cool about that experience was I really felt like I, I stepped into the body of Gene Kelly. Like I was actually, mm-hmm. because I'm doing things, I'm like, this feels really unnatural. Like, Gene, what were you thinking? What were you thinking doing this on the same foot three times? This feels so weird. But it, it allowed me to sort of get into one of my idol's bodies and feel what he felt in a way you know, by mm. doing these same moves and the way he did them. And, and that was, it's, it's, it's such a cool feeling to be able to, to feel that, to do that. That's so cool. And I, what I was thinking was like, what I love about tap is well, kind of any dance, but I think tap has this ability best is when sort of production meets the artistry on stage where you're sort of 
like they're intentionally putting like mics in the stage so that that sound becomes part of your experience as an audience member or not tap at all. But have you seen, I'm going to go in an interesting direction. Have you seen Beyonce's homecoming on Netflix? Uh, yes. Okay. So if you're watching the sort of behind the scenes of making that concert performance, mm-hmm. how much work they did just to get the sound right so that you could hear it when their feet hit the stage because that was sort of its own character in the conversation of this production, which I feel like is so incredible with tap. Like I, I wouldn't think about the sound playing into what you're doing as a dancer, mm-hmm. but I love, this is why I love this podcast so much is because I feel like when people are passionate about something, they give such a different perspective than I would ever have on the exact same subject. So super cool. It's a fun style. And also it's a kind of like, when we go back to Paso Doble, flamenco right which is sort of a it's it's a it's incredibly just powerful and beautiful style that i've dabbled in i I by no means am a master at that whatsoever but it's it's the idea of you know you're creating these sounds with your with your feet and the passion Mm -hmm. and it's like the energy and it's like and i've heard from from different people like you know it's it's about keeping the devil down you know and they they would they would just and it's that idea of keeping this like negative energy or this this the devil down in the ground and you're stomping him down and you're just like freak this is there's so many <laughs> and I think that that's the thing too about cultures you know when you think about different cultures and dancing in general because I know people get really scared they go they go they go dance oh, I don't dance oh. you know <laughs> and they run away and I'm like, well, when did you decide that? You know, that's why was my question. When did you decide you're not a dancer? Because if you look at a toddler, right? Like a little baby before they can crawl, before they can walk, you put some music on, yep. what do they do? They're like, yep, they're bopping. Yep, absolutely. Nobody, nobody taught them to do that. Nobody told them. It's just kind of in us, right? We almost like, I always say we almost kind of unlearn dance because we get very much in our heads and we don't want people to see us and, you know, moving. And so usually we, we have a lot of bunch of tequila and then we're like, oh, okay, now I can dance. <laughs> you know, I can be myself. But yeah, so I can't remember why I, I started talking about that. We were talking about tangents. I'm the tangent master. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. So yeah, you're you're with me on these. You know, you talk about Gene Kelly. Is that an idol of yours? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that he just had this, uh, I don't know, this gusto about him. He just, um, yeah, you know what it is as well? Pretty much all that sort of the classics. There's just such an ease about it when you watch them. That's real. It's almost just like, like they're not even thinking about it. It's just super simple. Even though when you do it, you're like, this is really hard, but they just make it right. feel just easy. And it's just so, yeah. cl- and it's timeless. You know, you watch it now. I'm like, wow, that holds up. That holds up. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and how much work and effort goes into making something look like you're not even trying. Exactly. Like a lot how, of a lifetime. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Okay. So are we at number five? Have we made it to the fifth dance? We made it to the fifth. Um, I mean, hip hop hasn't showed up. We haven't talked about breakdancing. This is your moment. <laughs> I'm going to be honest <laughs> no, I'm with just you. Kidding. No, but I, I would be, I would be, uh, it's funny because a lot of the things that I love the most, and it changes too. That's the, that's the truth. It, it would vary. My top five would probably vary in, from a year from now, sure. d- depending on where I'm at, you know, in my life. But I love, and again, I'm, I'm choosing dances that, that weren't my initial expertise. But like salsa, mm. like salsa dancing, it's going from a very structured, so there's so much technique and little minute foot positions and leg action and connection and structure 
from what I was, what I did growing up and competing in, in Latin American dancing, learning salsa was like liberating because there's, of course, there's a lot of technique, but it's different. It's a lot looser and a lot more down, a lot more, just more, more freedom. And I was always just so, I love the entanglement of the arms and the, and the speed. Mm-hmm. So for me, whatever I have go-tos when I'm creating a routine or something, I'm always looking at inspiration from salsa to have because there's all those moments whenever I'm watching it I'm like whoa what did they just do that was so cool like that arm came out of nowhere what how did that get twisted and then they unraveled and then now we're there over here like I love I love all that stuff and it's so much fun and um so now to be honest with you when I choreograph when I create if I'm doing like the tour or something there's some that are very much like just pure pasta doble or a pure samba or something but often I all my dances have become like hybrids now where mm. I, it's kind of like I'm putting a little salsa into a cha-cha and then that cha-cha becomes a samba and then it becomes a little bit, there's all a little bit of a, a hybrid of those dances. So, yeah. When you, when you are looking out in, into the future, what is, what are you excited about in 2021? Like what's the projects that you're, you know, you have this extensive career and you're known for these very specific things, but my gut is the achiever is always sort of looking for like, okay, what are we elevating to now? So what's, what's next? Actually, there's, there's something that just got greenlit actually that I'm very excited about. I can't, I don't, I don't think I can say it right now because it's not, yeah, that's official, okay. but I will say this. It's one of those things that as a dancer, performer, lover of just iconic film and movies and, 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 performances and dances and it's really like a dream project and Mm. it's also one of those that when I heard like okay I didn't celebrate I went oh crap now I gotta now I gotta make this happen I gotta do this it's a great feeling but it's it's a it's a juggernaut of a project to take on and uh, but very exciting so there's that also my hopes are when things start to reopen people start to feel comfortable and and when it's safe and when it's right to go back into the theaters i certainly plan on and hope to tour again soon uh, yeah. or as soon as i can without you know when everything is good because that's that's the that live feeling is there's nothing there's nothing that beats it there really isn't there's nothing like that yeah. immediate you know reaction that response that relationship that interaction um it's my favorite and i love people man i really love people and yeah yeah that's uh I'm looking forward to that. So there's, it's going to be, as of now, it's going to be a pretty busy 2021, 2022, if things work out, you know what I mean? So. Right. So this big project that we're not going to talk about because it's not public, but I'm just curious, do you feel like that's something that you manifested? Do you feel like you sort of called that shot and, or do you feel like sort of serendipity of like right place, right time, and you just kind of landed in it? I think I think it's a com- I think it's a culmination of things. I think it's and it's funny actually too, especially when there's there's a, a particular person involved that I was such a huge fan of that I was like I couldn't believe that he was calling my phone. I re- I, re- I like remember yeah. like I remember like calling. I'm like hi, hello, who's this? And I'm like who? Shut up, you know, hang up. <laughs> yeah. And and then before you know it, we're he's calling me like six times in one day right. hey i have this idea and i'm like right. oh my god I, this man is brilliant and yeah. hilarious and he's calling me and we're talking about ideas and i'm like what the heck is happening but i also just feel like it's a timing thing too where things that i've done passions of other people 
the climate of just a need for for just like pure entertainment and mm -hmm. a little bit of joy, a little bit of light, a little bit of nostalgia. Just, I don't know, it all just kind of comes to, came together and the right people, the right team. And uh, I'm really excited about it. But I also terrified of terrified you know right <laughs> like, which is great oh. I love when you call a shot that's so audacious and you're like oh crap okay yeah. time to show up yeah but look have you ever one time in the history of your life not, not pulled it off like you've never showed up to dance and like not been prepared not had there's no way there's no way you have the career you have there's you will do whatever you need to do it's I'll 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 find a way. There's that's true. true. I'd say what that's the thing with Dance with the Stars definitely taught me was you know you had a week to make it happen and like you just had to figure it out. There's you just had to find a way. Um, Legit, like one week start to finish. That's how long you guys would have. Yeah, yeah, and so and it was like and it was like and how how long would you practice during the day? Four hours was the limit. You're only allowed to dance four hours a day. Yeah, which is funny because before or earlier years it was like we could dance for eight to ten hours if you wanted to. Right. You know? But now they're like, nah, here's a cap. You got four hours. And I was, which is actually, to be honest with you, I think is actually better because mm. I recognize myself that when you have a small amount of time, you work faster and more efficiently. Right. When you're like, right. oh, we got 10 hours. Let's just hang out for an hour. We'll, we'll kind of stretch. Have a coffee. Get... Right. Yeah. So I, I'm all about like, even when I do tour rehearsals, I ask, I ask everybody, I say, are you guys all good with a half hour lunch? Or yeah. do you want to, and, and then yeah. they want an hour, of course. But I'm like, right. or let's finish an hour, half hour early. Let's just eat it, get down, just knock it out. Right. You know. So, yeah. Wild. Oh, my gosh. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a really exciting year. We're going to send that good energy your way. All, all the exciting things. This has been so fun. I'm so glad I got to hang out with you today. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. I, I look forward to uh, hopefully meeting you in person. And, I know, and I'll, right, show you, I'll show you some dancing. When, you yes, know, yeah. please do. So I'm ready to tap dance. Yeah. <laughs> um, if people are listening and don't already follow you on social, where can they find you? What should they look up? You can look, uh, follow me on at Derek Huff on Instagram. You'll probably see a lot of uh, really silly stuff. I think this year I've dedicated myself to being really just silly. And just, yeah, I feel like you, you got really into TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, that was, yeah. I, I, you know, my nieces and nephews would make fun of me because they're, I'm like, what's this TikTok thing? And they're like, oh, you're too old for it, don't you know? <laughs> and when I started doing it, I was like, man, this is this is great. This is just giving me permission yeah. to be an absolute fool, and it feels wonderful totally. <laughs> to be yeah to be a fool. Um, but uh, yeah, so you know, TikToks, Instagrams, all the things. And it's just my name, Derek Huff. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for the time. I super appreciate it. Make sure you go ch check out that Enneagram, uh, the music, Sleeping I at Last. I read it. Sleeping at last. I wrote it down. I promise. I I'm going to go cry to it right now. I literally listen to it. And if you, sometimes it's hard to understand what he's saying sometimes because he has a beautiful, but very specific way of singing. So if you like want to read the lyrics, but you're, it's, I almost like, you got, I, I almost, I want to hear your reaction about it because it's, you're going to, I just know you're going to love it. I'll DM you on Instagram. I'll DM <laughs> okay. you so that you can just like watch me cry. Yeah. Yeah. Just send a just picture Perfect. of your tear. Just a tear. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Have a good day. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Your Faves Faves is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. The show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and edited by Andrew Weller with production support from Sterling Coates. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. 
Your Faves Faves is a 3% chance production. <laughs>